Good evening, good evening, good evening. What's going on, Roller Agenda listeners? Keith Sunday coming at you guys with another session. Today or this evening we're gonna talk about flying. You know, we all flying, just training young birds, reintroducing our holdover kids to the sky, reintroducing our leftover kids to the sky. And what's what's our biggest problems? Well, let's go through some of my problems. When I first let my group, my younger group out, they had been flying maybe almost a little bit over a month before I locked them up. Um, upon release this last week, they flew scared, fast, like they been chased, landing on the roof, looking around like something happened. And I thought about it. I let the older kid, kid out. They did the same thing. And I thought about it. And I remember I used to see the, um, the wood part of the door open and leave the wire part closed. So what was happening is I think that the Cooper must have been coming back there messed around with the cages and got the bird throat. So when they first came out, the first thing they thought about was the Cooper. So what I did was the last few days, I was making sure the door stayed closed. And they backed flying calm again. Oh, the younger one's not really a kitten, but they're not kitten. They're not kitten, what I would call kitten. The older ones are flying. They, they're good. Um, but the exception of a few hot ones that bumped a little bit at first and kept rolling too frequently, they couldn't keep up with the kid. But other than that, they're pretty much getting it together. Um, so what I did was today, I flew them kind of hard, all of them. And upon their third time being flagged up, each one flew like they did before I, before I shut down for the, for the season. So, you guys, give your birds a chance. Don't rush them to. Don't be hasty. Give them a chance. You got to understand something. Just imagine you being locked up in your bedroom. You can look out the window, eat and sleep. Look out the window, eat and sleep. Look out the window, eat and sleep. And your biggest fear was waiting outside trying to get at you from inside, from outside inside your room. And then one day somebody scares you out there with your biggest fear. What do you do? You run around and you're out of shape and you're tired. So you start to find some refuge somewhere to get away. So what pigeons do is they go up and fly along and scatter. They don't trust nothing. What do you do? Pretty much the same thing. Go find shelter somewhere hide until you can get back home okay so you gotta think about you out of shape and I actually got out there and play a full court game of basketball or run a mile when you haven't ran in five six months get my drift we gotta understand so we put up yeah we, we always asking our birds trying to get our birds to do something that we, we that we can't even do that we wouldn't be willing to do we need to be more sympathetic to what's going on with them. I know you're supposed to push them and get them back in shape. Yes, I understand that. But sometimes we get a little beside ourselves and thinking we're God and we want to kill a bird for doing something that, for a situation that we put it in. But he wants to lock the bird up for six months. Now you get max because it's out of shape and can't fly. For real. But your kids sit at home play video games all day, some kids all day, and won't go outside for nothing, do nothing. A choice. I'm not saying treat your birds like your kids, your kids like the birds. I'm just saying what we do as 
people and we expect what we expect of our animals. So just keep in mind that they, they out of shape. We gotta work them back in shape slowly. Some take a little longer than others, some get it right away. But I did learn that <clears throat> only the birds that caused me the problems are the younger ones that started rolling right before I locked them up. I noticed that. The ones that have been flying most of the year, they right back into shape. The young ones that were just starting to roll before I locked them up, those are the ones that was giving me the most problems. But even they starting to get back in shape. Um, I had a casualty today. Falcon took a bird today. First time I seen a falcon in the four, three, four, four or five days I've been flying. First time I seen a falcon. He came, got one left, and I just kept flying the birds after that. It was a bird that was actually one of the ones that required special treatment when I locked him up. I locked him up, and he got super skinny, feathers were super raggedy. Had to give him my pills, and on top of that, let him sit in the hen cage for a while to get up to go through a full moat for the feathers to, be, be, um, to regrow. And it worked, it was doing cool, but it still was out of shape. But fucking relieved me of that bird today. It almost took they took the felt or half the wing off a red another red, so we'll see what happens if I fly them tomorrow. Or it was two o'clock AM so it's really later on today. That's right, it's two o'clock AM I'm doing this podcast. So take the time, fly your birds. The young birds, get them up. Get them up, fellas. Get them young birds up. The next kick, get it up. Get all the kicks you breathe up. Try to get all the kicks you breathe up. That's how you really prepare. See, they say you prepare in time of peace, you prepare for war. So this is our peace time. No flies really going on. We got to get ready for the flies right now. You got all the time to fly, 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 fly. Some of you guys stand at home because the job is not allowing you to work. So stay home, fly your pigeons. Fly them. Get them all up. Get them all up and out and flying and kidding. The biggest mistake most of us make is, well, not me. I don't make this mistake anymore. We breed 100 birds and only get two and only get 40 flying and 60 sit in the kit boxes all year. I can see if we got, we breed 100 birds, get 80 flying and 20 sit in the kit boxes at the end, because at the end of the year when it's hard to train. I can understand that. That's acceptable. But what, what you guys doing, because I see you guys do it. You guys breed 100 pigeons. And then you have a kit, but you only fly 17 birds, but you don't bred 100 pigeons. You're trying to tell me out of 100 pigeons, you can't get 20 of them plus another 20 that come in the road of a bit of replacement or another one? Come on, man. If that's really what's happening, you're doing something terribly wrong. You're on the wrong path. And I don't care what birds you have, if that's what's happening, you got the wrong pigeons. All right, just think about that. So, like me, I bred what? I banded 60, let me see, 50, 60, I branded 74 birds, and I still had 30-something left. 30-something. A whole kit plus went to somebody else. So I'll leave about another 20 that I actually lost. Let's get, let's get break down some numbers. I figured that part out the other day. So I'm not, I'm, I really didn't do bad. I really did not do bad. But you guys can do the same thing. I see a lot of people training babies now. And what's sad about this whole thing is there's a fly pole to come up called the Royal Rumble in a few months. 
And some of you guys is in that just just now training babies. <laughs> Come on. Be serious. You're talking about this is April. So you got April, May, and June. And you think them birds are ready for some serious competition by July. For real. Come to the birds you bred last year. I know you had at least about anywhere between 10, 11, 12 of them birds left that's going to put in the kit or to start a kit from to, to, to build a kit. And in fact, why do you guys always start over every year anyway? I mean, what's the, what's the purpose of that? You have a kit and then when it's time to fly, you fly babies. I don't get it. Don't you know the real joy coming and flying a holdover kit? I know some dudes say holdover kits are harder to, hard to handle, but if you breed right, holdover kits are a joy to handle. Those are the ones you really want to be, really want. Young birds, I hate flying competition with young birds. The reason being, you don't know, they don't know who they are yet. You don't know who they are yet. They haven't came into their own yet. They're not reliable, so I don't want to depend on them. Now, if that's all I have, yeah. If you fly in the club, yeah. If you, if you fly in the club and you guys fly, Every three weeks or every month, yeah, but you got, you sparring. It's like a sparring partner. You can, you can fix things, see who can respond to certain things as you go. But for a major fly, I don't depend on those young birds. If you have to, you have to, understand it. But why do it if you don't really have to? And a lot of you guys do that a lot. If you guys, wait till I, wait till I breed the bird this year. Yeah, okay. I got a hold of a kid. And you told me wait till you breed some birds. I'm like, I'm not even, I'll be like, I'm not even worried about you. Another thing, when you fly on these birds, pay attention to what's going on. Some of you guys do not pay attention to what's going on in your kit. And some guys ask me to come check out their kits. Let me tell you guys something. If I'm working on my birds, how can I work on my birds if I'm in your backyard helping me you do your birds? I mean, think about that. If you really think about that. I got friends that actually come help them out with stuff. I understand that. But people want me to come just watch their birds, for real. And they asked me to do it on my off day. So you think I'm going to work? You expect me to work all week, get an off day, and spend my off day in your backyard. Think about that. You really think, but that's like counter, being counterproductive. You work all, all week to get off days, you spend your off day in somebody else's backyard. I mean, I mean, every now and then, it's cool, but people really expect you to do that. They don't even say, oh, this is off day. I'm about him on this off day. It's his off day. So if he get time, he'll come through, whatever. Okay. Maybe so. So, we got, we getting past, we got past all that. We, we, we got the birds up. We got the birds flying. Work them. Work them means you ain't got to fly them twice a day. Like two, two separate times a day. You can fly them, let them sit five minutes. Fly them again, let them sit five minutes, fly them again. That's work. Then I'm going to carry your finish for a day. And then do the next kit. I'll do the next kit later on in the day the same way. That way you're doing two kits instead of one kit twice. Or you can do it. Or you can fly one kit, get it in, fly another kit, get in there, and even do it again. But I, I would refrain from flying in the evening if I could. If you can, if you can, if you can not fly in the evening, don't. If you can fly in the morning, do. Come and tell you something. 99% of the competition you flying, you're going to fly by by 1 o'clock. 99% of them. Go 
gonna fly by one o'clock. Every now and then you go fly on a flyer that's later in the evening, only because the major flies are a lot of people. Like the like the Battle of Clips, not the Battle of Clips, but the uh, Royal Rumble fly. Somebody's gonna fly in the evening. Um, a couple, a few times, a few people gonna fly in the evening because I don't know how, how many weekends it's gonna take, but they got 60 to 70 some kids. That's a lot of kids per day. Hope we hope we get some decent weather. Hope they smart off the, if they start off in the smart flying in the, in the um, high desert. They hit everybody in the high desert. Give them a whole weekend to themselves, or it ain't gonna work. It would depend on how many people flying. And I don't know how many people fly in each area, but you gotta consider all that when you're dealing with these birds. So I I lost the birds today, like I said. It's cool. I just took one from another little group and moved him up. The best flying one moving up. No big deal. My whole purpose anyway is to, is to eradicate that kid anyway. Whatever, whatever, make it go move up to the other kid, make it a big kid. You know, was, was kind of straggling. I'm putting with the younger birds. I'm train my younger birds. That's what free up a kid box and put my other young birds in. That's how I do it. I don't have to have all these separate kids the same size. I ain't flying no competition. I don't plan on flying competition till I was I was planning on flying for the fall fly. That's what I was planning on, but the way it looked, all the stuff that's going on like that's gonna happen. So I just set my sight for next year sometime. For whatever, next year. That's how I'm planning. I don't know what you got you gotta find a Royal Rumble. You you gotta get busy. You guys didn't expect this to happen. As far as I know, it's still on. I don't, I don't think they canceled it. The rookie fly, I don't know if that's still on either. Down here, about canceled it, so you guys may be, may be all right. <coughs> Let me see. Let's kind of cover while I'm up right now. Mm, hold, hold, hold. Okay, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. Let me give you some, some pointers. Say you have a bird in your kit, whether it's young or old, that's not really keeping up because it's not eating as much as the other. Take it to the side, give it about anywhere between six to 10 peas. Feed with the rest of the birds, put it to the side, give it six to 10 peas, even if you have to stick the peas down his throat. And watch it be a big difference in a couple of days. In a couple of days, it'll be a big difference. The bird will be more strong. Will be more willing to fly. It's six to ten, no more than ten, no less than six. Stepping down the stroke, it don't matter which peas they are Canadian, maple, or Austrian, either one. Pop them down the stroke, push them down the stroke, and you see a big difference in that bird in a couple of days. And sometimes you might check them, check them for coccidiosis or worms too, or that internal canker or wet canker. They all have the same effect on the bird. Give my ideal pill to increase the appetite and the uric acid inside the stomach. So that might help too. Some stuff to think, some little points to think about when getting these birds back in the air. I wish that all you guys do well. I want to see all you. I don't. I don't want to see nobody do bad. Especially when I'm there, I don't want nobody to do bad because I don't want to be bored. No, I want to see birds fly. I come to see birds fly. I come to see the performance. I come to see the breaks. Come and see the quality, some of the depth, some of the commitment. I'll come and see that. I don't, I don't go see people DQ. And you guys out there wishing people DQ when you fly against them, you should be ashamed of yourself. You sorry, you're not even a competitor. 
I know it might be a little harsh, but yes. If you feel I'm talking about you, like I always say, I'm talking about you. If you go hoping somebody DQ or get by a Falcon, you sorry. You shouldn't be competing. You should be doing something else. Go play soccer or throw some, play marbles or something. Because you know you're trying to really compete. If you think, if you think, thinking about, I hope he get hit. Man, I hope he DQ. If you wish somebody DQ or get hit by a Falcon or a Hawk, you sorry. You shouldn't be competing. Yeah, I'm saying it. Keith London is saying it. If that's what you're wishing, you're sorry. That's that nigga mentality again right there. Like I said, the nigga mentality has nothing to do with race. It's about attitude, mentality, your character. Do you hope somebody else do bad so you can look good? Yeah. Your character sucks. You shouldn't be allowed. You shouldn't be trying to compete. You should go do something else. Go knit or something where you ain't got to compete against nobody. That's what you should be doing. And dudes do that. Hope people have a bad fly so they can have a chance to beat them. Because if they, if they don't have a bad fly, their 10 points won't beat them. That's, you're sorry. I'm going to keep saying you are sorry. Because when you get to your skulls, you should not be competing. If that's what you're thinking, you should do something else or wait till you're able to compete, then compete. Because right then, if you think like that, you're not a competitor. A competitor is going to hope somebody do well. When they do well, they're going to try to rise to occasionally and beat them. That's what a competitor does. A competitor wants to be all the best people at their best. They don't, they don't want the best person to have a bad fly and they score a little bit and they beat them. So they just so they can brag and say, beat them, you, you sorry. I'm telling you, you sorry. And some people just don't apply to everybody, but the ones who, who, who goes, man, I ain't sorry. You the one I'm talking about. Because you the one thinking like that. Come on, guys. Raise your bar. The bar has been lowered long enough. At the powers that be, the people that have been flying and putting the flowers together, they lowered the bar too far. The bar is too low right now. Let's raise it back up. And everybody keeps saying hawks this, hawk, but everybody hit by the hawk. Everybody. Some people more than others, but if you've been hit by people, hawks, if you get hit by hawks and that's their excuse for not doing good, don't compete. Why compete? If that's going to be you're going to say give an excuse all the time. Just don't compete. Or figure out a way around it. Show, show your mental fortitude. Prove you have it. Like I told you, mental fortitude is someone who come across a problem and know how to work their way through it. That's mental fortitude right there. But if it's a problem, why are you, why, are you, why are you dealing with it? Work right through it. Because if you're getting hit my hawks that bad and you're losing that many birds... Maybe it's, it's the birds. One of my things I'm working on is making sure that when the falcon hit, the only bird I lose is the one he take. That's, I'm work, that's another thing I'm working on right now. I'm working on fixing that problem. You know how I'm doing that is? I'm taking birds that come out of some of my best birds that may not be the best or the fastest or the deepest, but they have that desire to get back home at any cost. You bring that bird in and put it to your best opposite sex. If it's a cock, put it to your best hen. If it's a hen, put it to your best cock. Fly those birds. If you put it to your best, you're going to get some good ones. Plus, the bird you, you, you flying is not a cub. It's just a bird that's not as good as some of the others. 
put it to your best because they have that trait you're trying to get trying to lock that trait into. So when that falcon hit and they take one pigeon, you lose one pigeon. Not the falcon hit, take a bird, then you lose three. That's four birds gone. So your 20 bird kid is 16. Two days later, he take another one and he lose two more. That's seven birds and two hits. Come on. And why can't this be two birds and two hits? You still got 18 birds. That's how we got to think. You guys only think about the spin. You guys only think about, oh, this bird is fast. Oh, this bird is deep. You know, no, that's what, you know, when I was really flying, the people, it wasn't that the birds were bad. Their selection process made it so easy for me to win. But by it being easy to win, I kept raising my bar myself. Because I wasn't forced to raise my bar. I wasn't forced to raise it. I raised the bar up. And if you to compete with me, you got to be score on this level. And some people worked to do that. And some people didn't. A lot of people didn't. But raise the bar. Raise your bar up. Stop breeding just for speed. Birmingham Road is, is a bird that's supposed to roll over and over and over with, with inconceivable speed. Not just once or twice. They're supposed to do it together. And dudes say they birds be breaking. They don't really know... That's why next time I say I start judging again, I will be a little more strict, a little more strict on, on, on people. Um, except for club flies, I don't judge club flies because club flies just about a club. I don't be real super ass tight. I, I want to promote flying. I want to discourage people because I'm not wanting to fly. I want people to keep flying. But major flies, club shut up slash Royal Rumble slash World Cup slash. California Cup slash national, whatever it may be like that, those fly, I won't give you the benefit of the doubt. And I will write down on your sheet the score I gave and I write I write my comments down. Period. That's what I'll do. So you guys can raise the bar. You guys got the birds. It's not the birds. It's you guys thinking. You got it's you guys thinking level. You guys stock, see, let me tell you something about pigeons. You don't always stock pigeons for doing what you breed them to do. You breed them to fly in the air and perform, right, to the highest degree. If you stock birds just for doing what you want them to do or you expect them to do, you never have no good birds flying. The purpose is to be able to fly the best birds, not have them all in your loft. The purpose of, of the good birds is to fly them. You, you stock birds so you can breed more good birds to have in your kits. But you keep stocking all the good ones, your kits can always look like trash. You're always going to brag about the birds in the kit, in the, in the loft. And that your percentages are real high. And everybody got some allowances. Everybody, all they do, they don't use this, they don't use that. Oh, I want my birds. I wouldn't breed out the birds do this, but some people breed out the birds that do bad stuff all the time. All right, listen to their comments. Listen to them. They know their birds ain't frequent, but they ain't stocking the birds that's up there working. They know their birds fast and deep, but they have bird problem with birds bumping, but yet still, they still have birds bumping. So think about this. You got 25 birds. Falcon hit, he take one, you lose two. When you got 22. When they come in and land, one row hit the ground. Boop, he hurt. Oh, that, now you're down 21. 
Now, out of, out of four, you just lost three of them was real good solid pigeons right now. So your three of solid birds are gone, so you got 21 birds. But out of those 21 birds, there's about six of them that's not really that solid. So you just, your chances of getting a big break just went, went down. So you fly them again, no problem, no problem. But you found this one bird, keep going in out the kit. So now you're down to 20, there's really 20 birds that's reliable. But you still fly them, you still fly them. You fly them the next day now, Found come through, grab another one, boop, and then you lose another one. Oh, shoot, you're down to 18. And those are the real scenarios. And you, ain't, you haven't worked on training the second kit to get the birds up so you can have some replace them. Yeah, Dre, I had a lot of kits. I never had seven kits, but I had seven kit boxes, but two boxes were for breakups. Anyway, my point was, it's just so I can always have soldiers to replace. Those birds are my bench. Every every other kit besides my first first kit feeds my first kit. So if my first kit got 20 birds, every other kit that's flying is a potential bird to feed my first kit. And once they get that kit second, first kit solid, now I can work on the second kit. And everything under the second kit can feed third and fourth can feed the second kit. Or skip right past the second kit, go to the first kit, and the bird in the first kit can go to the second kit. And the bird in the second kit goes back down to the third kit. See, that way you keep this moving around. All your kits stay strong. Only birds get stocked as a bird that I need in a loft. I don't stock it just because it's really good. I stock it because I need it in a loft. If I don't need it in a loft, it's going to stay in the kit until I need it. If it's gone, it's gone. If it's something I think I need, it got to come in. Preferably two seasons. If a bird is right and I, I think I have some traits that I need in the first year, by means, it will not. I will not take a chance of putting out the second year if I need it in the loft. And that's what guys do. I'm a, well, I make some more. No, you, it's not. It don't work that way. I'm sorry, but it don't work that way. I make another one. No, it don't work that way. Like me and Patrick, I always tell Patrick, them ones are called that for a reason. Those ones. Like I say, it's not those twos, not those threes. It's always that one that's better than the other ones. Even if you have two, it's always that one that's the be- that's better than the two. And some dudes might say, oh, no, then, yeah, okay, keep thinking that. Well, you heard about four, 514. Women to all five, I, I guarantee 514 wasn't the only bird out that pair. Why is only 514 really famous? 3259, was that the only one bird out that pair? Why, he's the only one famous. 3259, number four, that pair. That pair bred in 95 bred the best birds. Jerry himself said that. When I'm taller ones, he bred in, two, in, um, in 96, besides 100. When I'm taller lows, see, it's just it's them ones. And you got 16 and triple out three. Two of, them, two of the most famous cocks in 100, but that, that year. Two totally opposite birds on the same pair. Totally different. Three, they both do good spin. I think three might do harder spin. I think 16 threw some real, real good spin, but I think his birds came in earlier and were deeper. And from, from what I've seen, I've never seen people fly birds directly off of 16 per se. Not that I know, if I seen them, I didn't know they were. I don't remember seeing 1080 fly. I heard about them, but I never I don't remember seeing it. 
I don't, I don't remember seeing none of his brothers fly, nothing, sisters, whatever, 1018, I don't remember seeing none of that. I don't even know if they even flew. But my point is, once you hit, once they get that one superstar, it's always one that's always above the rest. Like the Velvet Birds, I had four brothers, two hens. The Blue Velvet was the best one all the way around, period. Little Blue Velvet was equal to his, kind of equal to his brothers, but he wasn't what Blue, Big Blue, Main Blue Velvet was. So I kept him around for, for a little more early development and the development and depth. So you got to know why you're keeping birds around. Their four brothers look similar. If I put them in a cage together, their expression is cool. I'm about the same. But if you look at it real close, you'll see Little Blue Velvet could be a little hotter. And he looks... Well, he don't look like a hen. He's just a side, close to the size of a medium-sized hen. Blue velvet, a straight cock bird, period. And he has a son right now that's in the, a baby bird that's a split image of him, but it's not as blue. He's going to be more of a dark check. He's in the kid box right now. But I'm just saying all the, this, all the things I look at. I pay attention to all, all this stuff. And, and you guys need to pay attention too. Every now and then, it's okay when you see a bird like my bird 945, which is off my main hand, full brother, and Platinum's daughter, 663, his number, his number one hand. Like I said, those ones, she was that one. I put that pair together and I flew this cockbird off of that pair in 2016. 10, 15 feet, no more, no more than 15 feet. And 15 feet might have been pushing it. That's max. I ain't never seen one over 15 feet. He, he didn't fly full. He flew the first season, then a few months in the second season. Anyway, as far as quality, excellent. Spin, excellent. Work rate, excellent. We just wasn't depth. The depth was his, was his, that was his downfall. It wasn't a downfall because he throw birds that got depth. But from his first day, when I put him on the floor from his nest, I said, damn, that's going to be a nice bird. Training him in the roof. I'm like, damn, that's a nice bird. He looked like a breeder as a youngster on the roof. So then I said, no, I think this is going to be the one. I, I just had that feeling, so I tried him. And he's good. He's pretty, he's pretty darn good. So that's what I'm saying. You see him, and sometimes your gut feeling going to say, going to keep telling you, picking at you, it's something about this bird. It's something about this bird. You ain't got to do all of them. Once, one every two or three years, take a chance. So this is what happens. You fly it, and then the bird is everything you want to see. And right when you think you want to stock it, poof, it's gone. And that might have been the one. You don't do five or six birds. One or two, maybe every two or three years, maybe. Try it. Give it a try. You, you'll know when you see them. You will know. Yeah, we got a lot of, yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot of young guys out there that's really trying to get good right now. A lot of guys. I see the fire. I'm looking for good things. So I know Patrick is fired. Patrick Tate is really fired up. I speak on Patrick because I can I can hear it in his voice. He's fired up. He really, really wants to compete. He really wants to be great. He, he wants to be there. And when you got that drive, along with some birds that that that, that can get you there, he 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 might he's probably gonna get there. His friend. Our friend Y probably got the birds and got the potential, but I don't think that's his desire. 
I think he wouldn't be great for the wrong reason. And it's just my opinion. I think he wouldn't be great for the fame, not for the, not for saying I'm a competitor and I want to be the best. I'm gonna be one of the best. I'm gonna be known as one of the best. He, he, I think he want the fame and the glory to go with it, not the. I want to be the best and have some good burgers. I for some good birds and then we'll be willing to pass it down. That's one thing I think Juan will do. He might pass it down. But when he get there, his other, his other agendas might keep him from getting there. A swat, I think he, he, he going to get there. I just think he just needs to just focus on what he really, really want and only bring in the birds he really, really want, not what somebody willing to let him get. It's not the same thing. Um, Rich... Another dude, very enthusiastic, but he just got to settle down, let the, let the birds show their worth. He'll be all right. Choo-choo, <clears throat> choo-choo want to be famous. He want to be the man. That's what he want. And what he want, only way he can get there, what he want is he's he going to spend a lot of money to get there because just learn the birds, he, not, he don't have the patience for that because he want to be the man right now. He wanted me to say, I'm the man, you garbage. He wanted me to do that. He wanted me to say, you're nobody. I'm gonna stop this podcast, I'm gonna start, I'm gonna talk about that subject. Let me stop this one.